0: ala ala alihi wa welcome everybody to the Sufina Society Nothing Facts live stream in which we are today opening with the beginning of the month of Rabi' Al-Awwal uh, yesterday night was the opening of Rabi' Al-Awwal so uh, that marks today, today being um the first of this blessed month. And it is a month in which the many of Ahl-Sunnah uh, or Jama'ah, if not all of the latter ones for sure, have taken this month as a time to revive the mention and the vikra of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And that's where we're at today. Uh, beginning today in, um, at MBIC, at the Masjid, we will have a full month every single day after Aisha, a little khatira surrounding this month, surrounding the Prophet, and surrounding everything uh, related to reviving that love of the messenger, peace be upon him, because the salawat on the Prophet is a Shifa. And Salah on the Prophet, peace be upon him, truly takes off on the tarmac of Iman, which is fueled by the Quran. No one should ever imagine there's ever a separation between making Salah on the Prophet and recitation of Qur'an. And if an individual is uh, trying to do a lot of Salah on the Prophet, but uh, we, no, it, you, have to do, you have to strengthen your Iman through recitation of Qur'an first. So you really have to recite a lot of Qur'an and you should fast and you should do good deeds and really um, uh, focus on that. And then once you start with your salat on the Prophet, you will see a big effect, right? And we want to see that effect, and that's where a person's love of the Messenger comes by love of by by two different ways. Well, the first way is contemplation. So by contemplating that, why do people love anything, and whatever it is that people love, the Prophet peace be upon him possessed possesses that allah has given him that so that our hearts could incline towards him so people love for the sake of beauty just because someone is so handsome or so good looking it's one of the reasons people love but if you're so good looking but you're not really bright it's, it's a turn off okay i think of a lot of hollywood actors that have made careers on their on their on the genetics that allah gave them the looks that allah gave them but when you actually look at their lives or when you hear them speak in an interview, my goodness, subhanAllah, a sliver of trade, a sliver of those looks, for some brains, some IQ points, because you just embarrassed yourself. So all those looks are for nothing. So you need intelligence. Okay? And people love others for intelligence. Uh, people, Why do people love Einstein? People love uh, scholars, people... In all walks of life, they love, in every field, you love people who have knowledge. Why? Because knowledge benefits. Humans love knowledge. The first thing that Allah Ta'ala gave to Satan to Adam was knowledge. Humans love it. We love knowledge. People may not like schooling. Ryan, how are you in schooling? He's missing. This guy never went to school. You physically went to school, but he loves knowledge. Like he's, How much have you learned in the past two years? probably more than the past 17 years, before, eight, eight, 10 years before that, right? So we all love knowledge. Every There cannot possibly be a human being who doesn't love knowledge. But schooling is not always knowledge. That's the thing we have to break, right? I mean, if I go and I start putting a roof together and, and, I'm, and I, I enjoy it, and I learn something, that's knowledge. It's no school, but it's hands-on knowledge. So the Prophet ﷺ imparts upon us In immense wisdom and knowledge, and you love him from that perspective because you see that the Prophet, peace be upon him, every time that he speaks, it's just wisdom and it's benefit. Okay, so that's one thing. The Prophet is a protector, you love someone who protects you. When I look at anybody of us, looks at biographies of famous people today, and you come upon this, for example, I think Anthony Bourdain was. Recently in the news, Anthony Bourdain was a famous uh, chef, celebrity chef. This guy, he's got mental issues. He, of course, he killed himself. It's very sad that he killed himself. But let's go back at this biography. Like he's twisted emotionally, like really badly. He's very badly twisted. You see, just everything about him is negative. Like he views everything in a negative light. He just does not know how to be positive. It's ridiculous. That turning at every page, it's negativity, right? It's so it's someone twisted, and you look at that and you realize, Subhanallah, like just a little bit of divine guidance has taken us out of this, right? Just a little bit is all it takes to get out of this kind of negativity, right? So when I look at you biographies like that, when you look at people around you, you realize how off the cliff they are. How off the cliff uh, certain people are when they don't have guidance. And you realize, alhamdulillah, for the protection of the Messenger's sunnah for us. And that he's the one who Allah chose to bring us the Qur'an. So we're protected. You love their protector. So you look at many other things, okay, that why do people love? You've seen the Prophet ﷺ has all of them. So the love of the Messenger, peace be upon him, on the first path of it is contemplation. And it can be renewed every time that you contemplate the Shema'il of Sayyid al-Kawna'in. Sayyid al-Kawna'in means the leader of the two groups or the two abodes. So the uh, ins and the jinn or the dunya and the akhira. It can mean both things. Sayyid al-Kawna'in. So second way in which we love the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is through practice and feeling. That when you practice the dhikr of a salah ala nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bil-uluf, in the thousands. Yeah, it takes a lot. Because, udhkurullah dhikran kathira. You remember Allah much. Allah is telling us, kainusabbihaka kathira wa nadhkuraka kathira. A second time. So that we can make much tasbih and you, much remembrance of you. And that Allah ta'ala blames the munafiqeen, the people who are hypocritical in their actions, not the hypocrites of Iman, the hypocrites of Ya yeah, Lima ma There's hypocrites of actions and hypocrites of Iman. So <laughs> they don't remember Allah much. So what's the point here? It did not cure them of their nifaq. If they remembered Allah much, they would have been cured of their nifaq. Okay. So the hypocrite is somebody who, who, yeah, a little bit of remembrance. What does that tell us? A little bit of mention of Allah Ta'ala is not sufficient. Dhikr must be lot, bil kathra. So when you do this, you without doubt must, guaranteed must, experience a sakina. It is as impossible as someone who's thirsty drinks water and is still thirsty. So if you're thirsty, you take a sip of water, it doesn't benefit you. You need a decent amount of water, then it benefits you. Okay. Same thing with Dhikrullah. With Dhikrullah, you need a lot of it, guarantee, you're going to benefit. And the Salah on the Prophet wasallam is something khas. It has a madhaq khas. It has a special taste to it and a special effect. You don't believe me? Go try it yourself and ask anybody. That's why there's within the Ummah of Islam, just as there's Hufad, there's Hadith scholars, there's Fuqaha. There are those who, they spend a lot of time on this issue of salah and the Prophet. They all say the same thing. They say the result is the same thing. They speak of this as the, the cure for all things. To panacea. It is a cure for all things. right? And it will bring for you the impossible. What you think is just absolutely impossible or completely locked in, do salah on the Prophet in the middle of the night with one of the long salawats, like the ones that are in Salawats Hub that were authored by some of the great awliya. You'll see for yourself what happens. Recite 100 of those in the middle of the night, you'll see what happens. So first, the person loves the Salat on the Prophet Then as he matures in that, he realizes it's because of the Prophet, so he loves the Prophet Islam. Just as someone who or- orders his life, gains order in his life by Islam, the first love is the Sharia itself. Then he comes to love the creator of the Sharia, or the ordainer of that Sharia. He comes to love Allah Taala. So that's how things work. And that's why Rabbi Al-Aul was created for this. Dala'ul Khayrat, Islam is asking, Yes, Tala'il al Khairat is an amazing book that has so many people uh, speak about the effects, the cures, the benefits, the, the complete change in their life as a result of Tala'il al khairat Okay. Adnan Khan loves the background noise. Yeah, it's going to be for another week or two. باب ما جاء في قراءة رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم The chapter on what has come to us for the, regarding the recitation of the Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم عن يعل مم, ابن مملك قال أنه سأل أم سلم عن قراءة رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم فإذا هي تَنْعَتُ قِرَاءَةً مُفَسَّرَةً حَرْفًا حَرْفًا That when the Prophet ﷺ used to recite, it was letter by letter, was crystal clear, and this was one of, firstly, it's one of the necessities of recitation. That's the first thing. Everyone must recite like that. However, the Prophet ﷺ in specific, must recite like this. Why? Because he's the first teacher. First teacher must be extra clear. And he was asked, Anas ibn Madik was asked, Rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. "Qala Madda, Madda means Okay, he recited the words of med with med. Where do we get all these rules of tajweed? How the Prophet recited. Okay, so then that was transmitted orally. Okay. And then from that, the scholars wrote it down that these are the rules of met. Okay, that's why someone recently said the chains of transmission of hadith are just for barakah. Okay, let me tell you something. Every utterance of every individual has a chain. Right? I don't care who it is. Every utterance of every individual regarding some as long as, as not a rational matter or a tajribi matter. Tajribi means like an experiment. It possesses a chain. Okay? Realm of ideas, realm of uh, morals has a chain, whether you like it or not. So someone comes and says, hey, well, why do I need a chain of transmission to go back to one of the four methods? I can read for myself. I can guarantee you. You took that from somebody else, right? You read that. You heard somebody else talking like that. That's the only reason you're saying that. So you are part of a medhib, whether you like it or not. You're taking this idea from somebody else. There's no such thing as any moral statement, any kind of statement uh, outside the realm of reason, such as math, logic, or observation, except that it does have a chain, a senate. Every evil person who says something evil, there's a chain for that. He took it from another evil person. right? So you cannot possibly... So de, forget denying the requirement of chains. You are chained. Everything that you say has a chain, including the denial of chains. SubhanAllah. So, this is how we get our Tajweed. The Prophet recited like this. Next person took it exactly. The Sahaba took the recitation exactly. Okay? as the prophet sai salam gave it and then later scholars they wrote it down hadathana ali ibn Hujr. hadathana yahya ibn Sa'id al amawi an ibn jurayj an ibn abi mulayka big tabi'i an ummi salama qalat kana an-nabi sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam yaqta'u qira'atahu yaqulu Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin then he would have a clear pause why? this is how the sahaba learned that that's the end of the ayah by the prophet making a crystal clear stance not rabbil ar Rahman ar that they'd be confused did he just take a breath? Or, no a clear stoppage this was necessary for the messenger peace be upon him to clarify for us where the ayah begins and where it ends however it is not necessary for us anymore we may continue. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Rahman, Rahim, Maliki, We're allowed to do that. Okay? Because the Messenger وسلم, did not do that because it would confuse the people on where the ayah starts and stops. So he never did that. He always stopped at an ayah. And if an ayah was so long that it required multiple uh, breaths, he would go back a few words and continue, usually at a verb. ثم يقول الرحمن الرحيم ثم يقف مالك يوم الدين. ثم يقف. so he would always stop and you notice that umm Salama when she answered it she answered it with by beginning Fatiha with alhamdulillah rabbil alamin not with Bismillah Rahman. rahim okay next sa'altu a'isha radiallahu ta'ala anha an qira'at an-nabi sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam أَكَانَ يُسِرُّ بِالْقِرَاءَةِ أَمْ يَجْهَرُ Did he recite out loud or silently? قَالَتْ كُلُّ ذَلِكَ قَدْ كَانَ يَفْعَلُ Everything. Silently sometimes, out loud sometimes. قَدْ كَانَ رُبَّمَا أَسَرَّ وَرُبَّمَا جَهَرُ Sometimes he would recite to himself and sometimes recite out loud. فَقُلْتُ أَلْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ الَّذِي جَعَلَ فِي الْأَمْرِ سَعَى Okay, Alhamdulillah, he has made in this issue some so, so room jarif al-amrisa mahmoud ibn gailan hadathana wakiy' hadathana Arun an Abil Allah al-abdi an yahya ibn Ja'ada, an um hanan qalat kunt asma' at an-nabi sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam bil-layl wa ana ala 'arishi Umm Mahani used to say, I used to hear the Prophet's recitation, okay, while I'm on the rooftop of my house. So she had a house, and she had a rooftop, and and that house was so close to the Masjid al-Haram, like the Hissn, that area around the Kaaba, her house was very close to that, okay. And she used to sometimes sleep on the rooftop when the weather was nice. So from there, I would hear the recitation of the Prophet. I heard the Prophet on his camel. On the day of Fetch, the conquest of Mecca, who are you? In Fetahna, like a Fetham, Ubina, Leofira, like a law, who matter, cut Thumma, Faka, Kala, Fakora, Waraja, Kala, Wakala, Muawiya, Tubnukura, Lola, and Yetch Tami, Yetch Tami, and Nurse, or La Hath to Lakum so what does he mean by this in hadith number 302 he says here uh, the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam kept reciting inna fatahna laka fataham mubina liya aghfira laka ma taqadama min taakhir. this is an ex- important ayah we need to put this on the calligraphy for Darul Fath inna fatahna I love the concept conquest what else are we here for? This is what we need, worldwide. Okay. A clear victory. We have given you a clear victory, fatah. That may Allah for- that Allah Taala will forgive you your past and what is to come. And we made a taf- we we talked about that tafsir yesterday. In yesterday's episode, we talked about what it means when there's a reference to the sins of the Prophet when we know he's masoom. and he doesn't commit sins. And the Prophet, sallallahu alaihi kept repeating it. He read it repeatedly, and he said, "And if I did not fear that the people would surround me, all right, I would imitate his recitation." But he didn't know, like, is this okay or not to imitate how the Prophet, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, recited it? <laughs> Amazing. This is what you want to hear. We've given you victory. This is all that... What was the, their, their role in Mecca? The purpose in Mecca. Their entire purpose in Mecca. Uh, 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 of all this time. Okay. The entire purpose is that to conquer mecca and bring islam to mecca and the prophet sallallahu conquered it with a lot of forgiveness a lot of forgiveness uga panda who's doing construction he says oh you don't know you do not know and who shall inform you of the reasons why there is construction because we are beautifying this place and we are getting very close to the finish line very close to the finish. I mean, Ryan used to come to this place and it was like, the heck are we doing here? This dump, right? But now it's becoming prettier and prettier every day. When it's all done, then we take a picture of the outside and we're basically going to need a drone because that's how pretty it is on the outside. Can't work in a dump. Plus, this is a place of Dean. It has to be top of the line. As best as we can. Hadith number 303. An Katada Takala Ma baat Allahu Nabiyyan. Illa Hasana al Wajhi Hasana Salti Wakana Nabiyukum Sallallahu Ali wa Ali wa Salama. Hasana al Wajhi wa Hasana Salti Wakana La Yu Rajir. Khatada says Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has never sent a Prophet. Except by giving him a beautiful face and a beautiful voice. Okay? And your Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, had a beautiful face and a beautiful voice and he did not sing the Qur'an the way singers do. Okay? He did not sing it the way the singers do. So he didn't sing it in a singing tone. That does not mean... He had no, uh, okay, he didn't mean he didn't have any melody to it, but he didn't have a singer's melody to it. Okay, did not have a singer's melody to it. And the Prophet approved of melodious recitation when he heard the recitation of Abu Dardat. Abu Dardat. If I'm not mistaken, it was the Sahabi Abu Darda. or no, no, sorry. It was uh, Abu Musa al-Ash'ari. Abu Musa al-Ash'ari. Okay. And he said, He was given a flute of the flutes of Dawood. What does that mean? It means his throat is a flute. Because what is a flute? It's just a mizmar is basically just like it's a tube with holes in it, and you blow in it, and you make your music. So he's saying his flute, his throat is like a flute. It's so beautiful his recitation. So it allows that too. Okay. Okay. It allows that too. The Prophet sallallahu even if he did not recite himself sil- uh, uh, with a melody, that was to show that you're not obligated. Neither is it sunnah. But then he approved of Abu Musa al-Ash'ari, and that renders it to be something recommended. (laughs) And there is difference of opinion, okay, that some say we should never recite with the melody, and others permit the melody. So much so do they permit the melody that they have the same, what they call, maqamats that singers have, makamirasts, Right? And the, the maqam of this and that. Okay. And Qari Abdul Basit knows all that. And we actually had a guest during COVID that he was an Egyptian scholar, reciter of Qur'an, expert, 10 qiraats, whole shebang. And he would come in and he's like, oh, there are eight me- melodies by which you can recite. I don't remember the names. Maqam yurasit and maqam, there's like eight cities between persia and like i don't know iraq or something and each one has a name so one of them is a happy recitation one of them is a sad melody one of them is pensive that's the one i like the most from his recitation it's pensive It's, it's like it's not sad but it's not it doesn't have levity to it and it's um it's like pensive okay and he he said that a lot of the men they like that um maqam but then he recited and he noticed that there's uh there's a melody that's very high pitched and happy and he said a lot of women like this maqam right so yeah so marabita saying there's nahawand these are all cities in persia And then, of course, the Qadis, there was another Qadi who was like, no, he got it all wrong. None of that is not the way it is. And they compete with each other, right? So there's different melodies. So, Muhammad Jibreel, for example, if you hear, listen to Muhammad Jibreel, he has, he, he usually, it's a high pitched maqam. Then there's Al Kalbani, Adil Al Kalbani. That's like the pensive one. It's like straight, and he elongates it. It's not, neither is it sad nor is it like upbeat. I never got into this. So Chief Latif here is Rast, Sabah, Nahawans. I never got into this because this is all makrooh for the Madiki school, to be quite honest with you. What is this? Singing class? Why don't you pull out a guitar? Why don't we bring a singer to teach us how to recite Quran? That's how they view it, right? That's how the Maliki, you never hear this from the Mauritanians. Yusuf, is is there any link for that video? Yeah, at MBIC's YouTube channel. NBIC, you'll see all the NBIC videos. You go, have to go way back in the history. And it's an Egyptian scholar. He's got a red beard. He's very good at, um, at these recitations. And, you know, he holds that opinion that this is all permitted. Okay. So, we'll uh, have that. Samarine so is saying Is NBIC going to broadcast it live on YouTube? No, it's already on YouTube. I could pull it up. Yeah, check it out. I mean, the people loved it. The people loved his class, and they said, oh, "We want to learn this." All right. And if people want, if it makes people want to recite the Quran, uh, Omar Hashim Al Arabi. You know about him, right? So he, he his recitations are a mixed bag. Some of them, I'm telling you, I'm like, I've heard this pop song before. That's the melody. One of them, I literally was on. Uh, there was there's a Norwegian guy. He always puts a hood on. He's called Anthony Walker or something like that. He always puts a hood on and he puts a thing. Now he became popular. Well, he got on my radar because when the mask came out mandate, so people said like, oh, he was ahead of the curve because he was he masked himself because he was so shy, and put his hood on. Okay. He has some his his he has like these beats and these concerts that he does. All right. I'm telling you, one of Omar Hashim al-Arabi's recitations was exactly that. Like, he got it from that. No doubt, 110%, he got it from that guy. So, there is a level where it becomes not accepted by the ulama. A level of singing the Qur'an that... You, you sort of know where the line is. I think we could all know. If you hang around and you listen to re- the Qur'an and you listen to recitations long enough, okay... You know the line between an accepted, beautiful recitation and you're singing at this point and you're, you're going to get lashes if you keep it up. Okay? So you need to be stopped because you're just singing it and it's not the respectful way. It's I can't say it anything except that you know it when you hear it. That it's you pass the line. I have converts some. They don't even understand what's being said. They're like, I right, listen to this guy. He's singing the Quran. That's what I'm saying. So what I'm saying about him is there, you, every video of his is different. Every, By the way, this is our favorite channel in my house. Omar Hashim al-Arabi's channel. He
1: does
0: the letters. The, har- the haruf the are the the always clear. His mic is clear. And what's most beautiful is that you have the Arabic, the translation, and you have wonderful, beautiful backgrounds. You can sit watching for hours. He deserves every view he gets. But for those one videos where the singing has gone a little bit over the board, overboard, then no. Uh, that, that, those things that, I mean, is there anyone who doesn't make mistakes out there? Uh, I was just having my class. I take a fit class with Sheikh Mahmoud Shabib. He was just saying, the, 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 I was asking about a program that is done here. And he was saying, no, 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 this is all wrong. You know, the, this is not right. None of this is right. And it's bad. I said, shit, we're dealing with people literally on the precipice. Like, they're barely in Islam. He does not, like, this is a new concept. like Barely in Islam. He's like, alright, in that case, then you know best how to guide your people, right? In, in terms of the programming. And he said that what's acceptable is different in every, every society, so much so that wilaya is achieved by different things in each society. So you could have a society where if someone is not committing zina, that's wulayah. Like that's how bad that city could be. If someone does not commit zina, it's like achieve right? So it's almost like there are different standards based upon how difficult, how bad things are in his uh, uh, in their um, in their society. So, listening to recitations, I think it's really beautiful thing to compare reciters. As much as, yeah, we have in the Maliki Madhab that we don't sing the Quran, etc. But when we're living in this world, like, wake up and live in this world that we're living in right now. We're not living in another century or in another continent. Okay, That to talk about recitations, it's, this is a great thing. When you see, if you come around and you see a bunch of youth talking about reciters and comparing the recitations, this is a great group of youth, right? At least they're listening to the Quran. And one brother said, Oh, yeah, the only people who talk about reciters are Salafis. I said, Yeah, because all the Sufis, they, got, they listen to music. I'm telling you, many of the Sufiya, they've gone astray on the subject of music. So once you put music in your ears, the Quran goes out the other ear. Don't listen to music. As much as you can, avoid this thing because you're not listening to the Quran, I guarantee you that. But will these people who, who put a hard line on music, a hard line, and I'm not saying that I don't understand people have families and relatives and you walk into a family house, relatives house, for dinner, the entire family sitting around a movie or sitting around something or what have you. I'm not from Mars. But, as much as we can you're better off when you have a hard line especially for kids and youth and they listen to the Quran as much as possible okay. and of course all this is getting harder and harder and harder the more kids they have their own access to their own computers and, and, and laptops and cell phones Okay, and um, and it's almost like they're in another world that you have no access to but I say if you're under my roof that's not happening I don't care what anyone thinks. There's no such thing as putting on earbuds, AirPods, walking around my house, and I don't know what's going on in your ears. Take it out. Old-fashioned. You know, locking doors in this house. There's no such thing as locking doors. Right? Going off in the corner with your computer. Why are you going off in the corner? Turn around in the open room and use your computer there. Right? Use your computer there where everyone could see that screen. I don't trust Iblis and I don't trust your nefs. I don't trust my nefs. Oh, you don't trust me? No. I don't trust your nefs. You have a nefs. Are you telling me you don't have a nefs? I have a nefs. You tell me you don't have temptations? You're telling me there's no Iblis around here? So, people have to wake up and protect their kids from Iblis because I guarantee you by and every other website, if not 85% or 90% of these mawaka is I can't guarantee you that so oh we have to trust our kids no I don't even trust myself Well, I don't uh, make myself innocent the nafs commands to evil any, any of us here is going to make the claim that we've overcome our nafs I don't think so so locking doors Going off uh, with some device, a device is like a, it's like people. Do you let people in the house? Today, someone rings a doorbell, everyone's shock of their life. What the heck? Who's ringing the doorbell? Who's, what's, who's here? We're not used to that anymore, right? Someone rings it. Today, actually, we after COVID, people ring the doorbell. You don't even bother because you know just someone dropping something out the door. It's a package. But someone's knocking out the door. Hey, you get shocked. Well, who, who's coming over? What is the internet other than human beings that you're letting into your house? They're just not coming in physically, right? They're just coming in virtually. So I personally don't let little kids, I don't think any household, you let like little kids open the door when a stranger knocks on the door? So to me, the internet is nothing other than a person coming, coming over. So I need to know who's coming over and what's coming through. Oh, which you haven't trained them. I want to protect that fitra. He will get trained when he's on his own. I want to protect that fitra so that they have a reference point, not corrupted from the age of 13. He should have a reference point what cleanliness feels like, what sweetness of dhikr feels like. How about that experience? How about that exposure? Oh, they should be exposed. How about exposure to light? Exposure to fitra. How about that exposure? Whatever happened to that? That's what I care about. Because if he gets exposed to that, I know that if he stumbles later in life, he's going to be like, oh no, I lost something great. I lost something amazing that I used to have. I don't have it anymore. All right? So we also, I want them to be exposed. How about exposure to Nurullah, and dhikr, and Fitra, and tahara, and naqa'a, purity innocence how about exposure to that and living with that for many 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 years but no there are a lot of people who are weak they're afraid of their kids and they're weak and they're ignorant and you have a kid 13 14 years old boom he's done with all darkness in his face he's probably uh, addicted to all sorts of trash and, and and the urine of iblis okay and he's putting that in his eyes four five six times a day then you wonder why When you talk to him, nobody's there when you say the word Allah. Allah said, the Prophet said, no, it's hardened. That heart has layers of asphalt over it now. There's no water of, 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 of Quran is going, it's just hitting the asphalt. It's not settling in the soil anymore. Layers of tar, oil, asphalt, manure over the soil. And you wonder why the reminder doesn't settle the heart. Because the heart is, is, is corrupted. It's covered in gunk. Don't get me started with this. Parents who are abusing their kids. They're abusers. No, they, they, they didn't do their job. Sophia says, a friend told me a 13-year-old girl is having a relationship. When her parents realized the father went nuts. The mother, Same. And what did the girl do? She sued her parents in France, and she asked to be separated. They didn't see anything coming. Listen. You got, if a kid comes, goes out of the house, and he sneaks to a certain part of the woods, you know, every day, don't you think something's going on in that part of the woods, right? There was a mom, Mesquine. I'm telling you, people come from a back-home mentality that the the world is safe or something. They lived in a little apartment because they were poor. The kid said, I want to get some fresh air. And he started taking a stroll. And there's a little woods. Not a huge woods, but a little woods. And he started walking in the path. Then he kept going there, kept going there, kept going there, kept going there. After a year, the mom realized the kid is a completely different human being. He keeps listening. He's got his headphones on all the time. And his eyes are glazed over, right? So she tells me what's going on. She says that, gets to the bottom of the story. He was taking walks just to get some fresh air. He discovered a group of friends. This group of kids that were there, they were into listening to a type of music to, to, to such a degree that they would get into a, a trance. They would want to get into a trance and they would smoke weed while trying to, to listen to this music and get into a trance, right? They wanted a hal, but it was like a shay- satanic hal. So their thing was listen to this music nonstop all, the, all day and smoke weed, okay? And that's what the kid got into until he was like completely in another world, right? So the internet's no different, Someone keeps, every time, I, where is this person? Oh, he's in his room tucked away with this little device. He's going to a website, obviously. He's going to something that he's developed some kind of attachment to. So, you can call me what you want to call it. This is the right way to do things. Okay. What's that drilling? ma'am? Um, that is, that's our drilling up in the roof. Driller on the roof. You all know about Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah. All right. Next, <laughs> that Ibn Abbas radiyallahu taala anhu said, "He said, 'It was the sallallahu of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم that perhaps someone in the hujrati someone in the the recitation of the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Okay, some people would hear it while uh, they're in the courtyard of the mosque, and he's at home. So he would sometimes recite out loud, such that he would be in his home, and people would be, uh, uh, and people would be uh, in the courtyard of the masjid. What is the, the courtyard of the masjid? Is the open air area. So when the prophets ﷺ came to Medina, Medina is here, Mecca is here, and Jerusalem is here. So the first qibla was north. Let's say this is the mosque, right? The first qibla was at the north side of the mosque. Okay, let's put it this way: the first qibla was at the north side of the mosque facing Jerusalem. Okay, imagine Jerusalem's up here. Facing Jerusalem. Because it's the camera is a mirror image of what I see. So the Qibla was changed. So this part was covered by uh, a little roof. And this part was open. The Qibla was then changed. So the Qibla became south. Okay? Qibla southeast in Medina. So then the ba, this part was roofed. Okay, This part became used. This part was roofed. And the back part of it was roofed. And in other statements they say, no, they took the roof from the south and they put it, they moved the pillars upon which the roof was established and they moved that to the other side. And that's how the qibla portion was roofed. But no, some people said both were roofed. So the women prayed the dhuhr and asr prayers under the, 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 the north roof and the men prayed under the south roof. And the way that you, because the entrance of a mosque, people enter in the middle. Right, You enter from the middle of a mosque. You don't enter from the head or from the back. You enter from the sides. So people enter from the sides and they pray. So in that case, the right way to fill up a masjid is that the men fill from the front and go backwards and the women fill from the back and go backwards. And go upwards. Right, That's the correct way to fill the masjid. And that's why the Prophet wasallam said that the best row for the men is the first one and the best row for the women is the last one. Because the, the, the logical way to fill a mosque is this way, like this. From the front and from the back. Okay? Because how would a woman know how many men are coming? So she can't estimate and guesstimate that we'll go from the front. Let, let's go for where we're, let's go halfway and then fill backwards. No, you fill from the back upwards. That's the logic of, of how things... Um, uh, how, how the masjid operated and that's the end of this chapter on the prophet's recitation but I'm telling you who does the prophet love sallallahu alaihi wasallam. the person who fills his ears with the Quran and we can't not be aware of the state of people and how certain things are such total defaults right I am, I'm aware of that right that there are defaults now in the world that uh, certain things are just so foreign to so many people that doesn't mean that we're going to live according to that Or act according to that I'm aware of that But I'm not going to act according to it How You're not going to change any situation If you completely bend to everything that's around you right? And there are tons of people Who have Successfully okay, Made their habit To listen to Quran Or nasheeds With the voice Maximum with the drum Their habit If they exist, then why can't we imitate them? They're the hujjah upon us. They're the proof for us. So whenever someone succeeds at something in life of the deen, they become a proof. So someone successfully avoids drinking alcohol, that's a proof that it's doable. He's a human just like you. We have to always look at that. All right? All right, folks, let's move to your comments and questions. Okay. All right, speak. Uh, Rai, tell me what's going on on Instagram. Someone's asking how they can get this. All these are recorded, and they're all placed on YouTube, all of them. They're all on YouTube after this. Right away, you can get it on YouTube.
1: How how do you reconcile the Islamic recommendation to have a lot of children when you don't want to raise them in this type of society?
0: (laughs) I, uh... That's a good question. Is it permitted... Is it permitted... To not have children because you fear for their dean. You fear that I can't give up their dean. To be honest with you, I think children is the best way for you to keep your dean. I'm telling you. Because you might fall into things that you find acceptable for yourself. But when it comes to the fact that I have kids and I'm looked up to now, I gotta, I gotta have to improve myself. So I personally feel that children is the best thing to keep your Secondly, children is the best thing to, make, to teach you character. You'll never know that you have a temper until you have a baby spill some, uh, coffee on your laptop. Like a, a year, three-year-old come and just pour it right on your laptop. Cups are made to be poured. That's what they think. right? If there's something in a cup, it's, it's to be poured. To be poured out see what's going to happen watch your behavior then you realize this is who I am it took a kid to extract what's actually inside of you and that's why people who haven't raised family and raised kids I don't want to hear anything they have to say on morals and spirituality and all that okay spirituality maybe but morals and all that and character you've never been tested it's all theory you're just talking theory there was a woman, she used to give the child-rearing class in a community. She had no kids. How are you giving this class? Okay, let me give the weightlifting class, right? Allah. Let me tell you all how to, how, how to uh, you know. It's unbelievable. So I personally, I personally feel that it's going to make you better. Because it's really going to put skin in the game for you. Like you're going to be involved in everything. Because you, have, you, don't, you don't want to see those kids, you know. Um, you don't want to see them go astray. You're going to be involved in everything. Your Ibadah will be very different. The day in which you can gather all the laptops and the iPads and the iPhones and put them away and know that you have secured your kids from their fitrah getting corrupted by these iblisi instruments that's the, that is to probably superior than reciting a juz of quran because one is haram and one is nafilah mandoob, right what's greater to avoid the haram for, for others let alone for yourself or to do a mandub action that's mandoob? of course the rule that to, to avoid haram and protect someone from haram and people say, "Oh, this is not a good idea because when they finally get on it, they're always on it, right? For school, they're going to be on it in a limited way." But I don't care for that. I care for, to give them exposure to spirituality. To the, how are they going to get exposure to that? What's more important, exposure to that, or that they know how to deal with the iblis? Let them get exposed to that because when they lose that in their first battle against Iblis, they they know what they lost. They value what they lost. And then they'll fight to get it back. M-Star, we are in the Q&A, yes. Other questions here. Uh, Someone said, I have severe health problems and I don't want to have kids. I assume that there is a level where you possibly cannot take care of your kids, right? Then now you're talking about something different now. And I think you, might be talk- you, you, you may have a point there. Um, but I'm telling you, you, you gotta have three kids. Four. Why? Because you're two people. And if you just replace yourself, you brought Nothing. And then have the third one. And then as an insurance, a fourth one. So that at least you increase the ummah of the Prophet and the ummah of Islam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa وَذُرِّيَّاتِنَا قُرَّةَ ayun. <آيُن> Grant us from our spouses and from our children qurrat ayun. Which means a coolness of our eyes. The more kids you have, the chances are one of them is going to make you happy. And hopefully, one, a boy, and one girl makes you happy. Like, just looking at them makes you happy. Knowing they're at home makes you happy. You might have a kid, knowing he's at home does not make you happy. It happens. That's your test. And he may be your best kid, by the way. May may be your best kid. But that's your test. Allah created you as a certain metal. Like, you're a certain element of nature, Imagine. And he created one of your kids from a total different element of nature. You don't pick your kids, right? But the Ba'arawi and the Habib said, "Never, never object to Allah." How do we object to Allah? Who 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 would ever say no to Allah Taala? The one who's upset about the nature of his kids, you should be upset only about the, their behavior and their things like that. Yes, but like the nature of kids, the generally, I don't like this kid. No change yourself i'm telling you every when when a person gets married that's the third major relationship in his life you have your mom and your dad many people don't have siblings if you have siblings you're lucky because now you learn to deal with each one of the siblings okay and that's why the sharia is such a great thing it's a great teacher because you have to follow the sharia and sunnah for my mom for my dad and for the siblings but you have to definitely for the mom and dad. Kids, siblings, you can maybe at sometimes ignore them. Now you get married. Now that's the third person that is now molding your personality in a sense. Not that you're t- transforming, but they are, they're going to test an element of your personality and bring the best and the worst out of you. So you can remove the worst and keep the best. Now for every kid that you have, you're also obligated to take care of them and raise them. And you can get sins with them too. You lose your temper on them, you're getting sins. Okay? So you're getting sins and you're and you're digging for yourself a bad life in the future. Because every abuse you do to a kid, he's gonna do it ten times to you worse when they're 17. Right? When they're teenagers. So, because they're gonna harbor all the abuse and then they're gonna vomit it on you when they're teenagers. Okay, that's the nature of life. So you're going to have to have taqwa with them. And every, and every kid is different. So the kid that is most trying for you is probably the best for you. Until you realize, I have dealt with like 10 different personality types in my life, okay? And it's almost like you become a jujitsu ju- a, 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 a master. You become a, a black belt. I can deal with anybody now. There's, there's going to be a number of people that you're going to deal with in your family. And that's why you can't get this elsewhere because no one else is binding for you to deal with, right? I can ignore whoever I want to in the world. I can't ignore my mom, my dad, my spouse, and my kids. So dealing with them is going to really bring the best out of my personality and my iman and my taqwa, and they're going to test me, and they're going to send me to my knees in du'a you're going to become eventually a black belt, a Jedi master in dealing with people, right? And when I say dealing with people, I mean it socially, but also within yourself. Like nobody who, if you dealt with five, six, seven, eight people very close to you in your life for long periods of time, I'm sure it's really hard to make you angry. You're, you're the, 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 band, the elastic band of your sabr has been stretched so so far. It's very hard to, to to bother this person. This person is suitable to be a community guide. They have they've, they've been through life. They've seen it. So, uh, what are all these questions? Uh, uh, what's Subhi saying? A question about healthcare professionals. Does the hadith regarding visiting the sick apply to us, even if we are being paid? The answer is yes. All right. Let's see what else we got here. Rai, give me something. Okay. Go ahead.
1: What is one supposed to learn from the fact that Allah Taala has willed and decreed for the for everything to happen, um, and f- also for things that uh, are contrary to the Sharia?
0: What does it mean that Allah has willed for everything to happen, and many things that happen are contrary to the Sharia? Well, Allah is not bound by the Sharia. Yeah. There are two wills of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Allah's will is one, but when we speak about the the word will, not as al irada, but at, rather as, uh, in linguistically speaking, then He has willed a will for the universe. Okay. He wills something for the universe. For the khalq, for the creation. But then he has a a sharia, which is what pleases him for us to do. These are two separate things. So Allah has willed that a dictator rises in Nicaragua, that an earthquake happens in California, that a million different things happen, good, bad, and ugly. Okay, For us, he has commanded us Allahul al Amr. He has the creation and he does what he wishes in the creation. There's no law for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he has Al amr for us, the command for us to follow the Sharia. Someone says, Preparing for dinner is more important than you attending this NBF live stream. Hmm. Well. The guy, he's got an issues. No kidding, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, uh, go make that dinner. What can we say? <laughs> Going through the questions here. Um, Have you met Pakistani parents? Impossible to please. You said it, not me. I didn't say that. Been trying since the day I was born. Subhanallah. You know the Prophet has advice for that. He says, make life, make the birr al-walidain easy for your kids. Ali Raghib says, Habibis, plural make dinner and you could listen at the same time if a man really wants a lot of children he should make it on himself to marry a woman who comes from a big family so she's used to that big family environment yeah you do need to be used to the big family environment because I'll tell you what a big family environment comes with mess nothing is ever orderly or clean theft is happening at a rampant rate socks are being stolen at all times um, if you have girls in the house, safety pins are basically fair game for anyone to take. And scarves are just, it's just, someone is looking for a hijab at any given hour of the day. The dinner is
1: finished. Huh? The dinner is finished.
0: Food is essentially a, a war, a war uh, 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 zone. Okay. <laughs> so much so, believe it or not, I knew a family that put a lock on the fridge. <laughs> But I'm telling you, it's, it is true. If you want a lot of children, a woman who had a lot of children, she may not want that because she knew this mess that's going to ensue as a result of it. Uh, a woman who only had one sibling or none may have been so bored in the house that she likes the idea of a lot, except that when she gets there, she's going to be like, wow, I didn't realize it comes with this degree of, of a mess and sloppiness. And it's like literally impossible for this house to be clean, right? Because of you people out there who are such slobs. It's not their house. They don't care. It's not their, they could care less, right? That's the mentality of kids. I didn't didn't buy this house. I don't care. It's not my house, right? So, um, Midnight Moonlight says, what am I supposed to learn from the fact that Allah has willed and decreed we answer this? Sheikh Mur- Shaykh
1: breaks it down real simple. Everything is by the will of Allah and not everything
0: is by His command. Correct. The will of Allah is different from His command to us and what pleases Him. So we are bound by Sharia and Allah Ta'ala is not. So He may uh, uh, pres- uh, uh, execute His will In any way he wants By a bad means That we would consider painful or harsh But Allah has a wisdom for them Ibrahim Khan I'm not married yet but I can't imagine having only one kid It's just depressing For everyone it is And also it's too much pressure Like what if that kid ends up being a dud Right What if he ends up being someone who's just like a dud Like there's nothing there So you just wasted all that time and effort And right So you have many Because um, they will develop each other and correct each other. And by the way, it's easier, very easy to scold and correct a kid. If there are many kids. I'll tell you why. First of all, you can make it a group scolding. Okay? It settles easier. All right? He knows you're talking. We all know who you're talking to. But make it a group scolding. Or if it's an individual scolding, when he goes back upstairs or she the other siblings will fix his mood, right? Whereas the only child who gets in trouble goes upstairs and carries it, and it marinates inside of him. There's no one to shift his mood out of this. So it's always easier. And also you can, if you, let's say you go overboard with one kid, you know when referees make a bad call? They need to make it up. Make-up calls. So let's say you do go overboard with one kid and you're a bit harsh on something, right? Then next time the kids want a court session, you can finagle a makeup call where you made it up to him by siding with him in a court case uh, in a dispute later on, right? So that's basically uh, uh, why I think it's so much better to have a lot of kids. Ask Allah for a big family. Don't assume women from big family want a big family. This is one of the questions you actually have to ask going in. When people marry, there's the phase of getting to know if we have any interest in each other. Number two, there's the phase of vision of life, philosophy and beliefs, and non-negotiables. Thirdly, there's the phase of how would we execute since we agree pretty much on all the vision of life and philosophies and beliefs and non-negotiables literally should be like on your hands, you cannot have a, a three-page document on vision of life, non-negotiables, beliefs, and principles. No, you got a number. It's got to be four or five things. That's the vision. Now, the mission is the step number three. How do we? Now that we agree on these four, how do we execute this? Now, okay, I want to live here. No, I want to live there. So that you can negotiate. You can't negotiate on vision right? Vision is the, the most important things. You have to have those in line. Now, the mission, you can have negotiations. Hey, I want to live in Middletown. No, I want to live in North Brunswick. Okay, well, we can, we can negotiate that, right? Or you want X, I'm willing to negotiate on number of kids if you're willing to negotiate on where we live. So mission is, is the execution of the vision, the vision can only be four or five things. The mission is the how are we going to execute this? That's how marriage talks and go. So you have to ask yourself, are you do you have a non-negotiable to like how many kids you want to have? Is it non-negotiable? I don't think it should be non-negotiable. It should be like, yeah, like maybe three, four, five, whatever. There should be that should be negotiable, I think. But here's the thing. When you marry somebody and you've stated your non negotiables and your mission and they've agreed to it, they really can't change. Right? They got to stick to that because that's the core of the deal here. Right, R- give me something from Insta.
1: All right, someone, someone had an issue. They were refuting their dad because they're Salafi and now their dad became a Quranist.
0: Yeah, good for you. You shouldn't talk to your dad and and have arguments with your dad and the deen. So you made it worse. Well, maybe he didn't make it worse. Maybe it got worse, but I feel bad for you. But nonetheless, don't, you don't, Imam Ghazali says, we don't go give a nasihat to our parents. Just stay away from that, okay? Don't debate them either. Question comes, how do we prepare water for ruqya for our children? It has been done that water for Ruqya is just recited upon. That's it. The same way that you would do Ruqya with whatever you would recite with, you recite on it. And then you blow onto that water. Who is your favorite reciter? Of course, Abdul Basit, without a doubt. In terms of, if I'm going to listen to a a recitation of like a passage that's repeated over and over, it's Abdul Basit. If I'm going to listen to a surah, it's Kalbani. I like his deep and scratchy and and his melodies very pensive and thoughtful right so his name is Adil al-Kalbani he's maybe not the best example as an imam in other things but i love his recitation the most can we pray with surah al-baqarah in parts throughout the week yes nothing stopping you from doing that okay is it good to make wudu before going to bed very strong sunnah so that shaitan does not attack you in your dreams what is the best way we can thank allah it is being happy with the blessing he gave recognizing him in your words constantly as the source of the blessing and then never using the blessing for what is forbidden and if you want to go above and beyond add number four there use what he gave you for the sake of good and for others Does the hadith about praying for scholars apply to healthcare professionals since they help people? No. The scholar helps you in what is dunya and akhirah. The healthcare professional only helps you in the dunya. But of course, that does not mean that we don't make dua for them. But it does when it comes to saying that the fish in the sea and the, and the, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea and and all the animals pray for the seeker of knowledge. It is the seeker of otherworldly knowledge that will help people in the afterlife and the students of the Sharia because the Sharia will bring about the protection of the environment and of the fish and of the birds and of the animals. Okay? The Sharia itself has in it that which will guard from human greed, that which will guard from excess, that which will cause punishments to come down. Okay, And who gets affected by all these things? The animals. They get affected by it. So a student of religious knowledge is the one who is going to help preserve the law that will help preserve the animals and their habitats. That's the concept and the idea. And all the people who study Islam and the environment, they bring out many of these rulings, verses, and ethics, such as uh, the curbing of greed, for example, as really important Uh, sources for the sharia being a source of protection of the environment hence the Prophet said when someone goes to study the religion the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea and all the animals in between they pray for them Okay, that's the meaning of it so no it does not apply to the healthcare worker Hey, listen, if you want to join us on Umrah, there are unlimited land packages. Okay? Unlimited land packages. What is a land package? It means it's the hotel and the um, train and, and, and the hotels, essentially. Okay? So you can be with us on that. When we go for Umrah, that's unlimited. There is a limited set of seats for the air packages. The full package. Now, as I had told you, I, I we're first targeting the youth. Especially the youth in our community. Before we expand it. Because this is our experiment. First time we, we we're leading Umrah. So, in maybe a few days, probably Monday. Actually, no. Let me scratch that. Monday for sure. We're putting the link out for everybody. To come with us to Umrah. And we're publicizing the link and the page will be public. 40 airline tickets out of JFK is what we have. 40 airline tickets out of JFK. About 16 are taken already. All right? But the land package is unlimited. So if you're out of England, you purchase the land package. And then you buy your own flight. And meet us there. Okay? So I'm going to... Start sending that out Monday, inshallah. I'm just giving these Shabab youth and their families one extra week, all right, to reserve their tickets. And then we're going to go open and, and we'll, we'll book all the tickets, inshallah. <laughs> so this, this Umrah trip is going to be nice. Maybe we see some people from the stream there at Umrah. We have one session a day, four days in Medina, four days in Mecca. We have one session a day. We have, inshallah, Anytime, we're going to have a WhatsApp group obviously And anytime that we go out Like there's, we're going to be meeting at this door Or what have you We have breakfast every day too at same time And we're going to meet at this door Or whatever And here's the beautiful thing And this is what I'm most looking forward to We have been making dua every Wednesday Between Dhuhr and Asr This time I made sure Bifadlillahi ta'ala that we're going to be doing the du'a of Wednesday between Dhuhr and Asr at Masjid Al-Fatih. Right? At Masjid Al-Fatih. And we're also going to be doing a Thursday night Umrah. The night before Juma, And that's going to be a very powerful combination. Because th- those du'a inshallah, ta'ala will be answered. Bidhnallahu. And for the patrons i already sent it to you if you're a patron i sent it to you already all right some business talk here about taxes i have no clue what they're saying so we'll skip that Um, they're talking um zahra says i come from a big family and i used to hate it when I was a teenager. Now that I'm in twenties, doing an internship in another city, it's so lonely and sad. It is. Human beings are not meant to be alone. If a, if human beings were meant to be alone, then Adam would have been created by himself. Okay. He wasn't created by himself. How can we prepare for ombré? We answer uh, for for Ruqia? We have done that. We've said that. One of the best suruqiyah is to have ratib recited every night. Have someone recite it every night in the house. Like before after Maghrib. Maybe even after Aisha. Or before Aisha. Pakistani women currently only request one thing from their husbands. You hear this, Rai? Don't murder your wife. Wow. Three women from affluent families were murdered by their educated husband. This week in the news... Well, do you remember that Islamic TV channel that we had? And the guy, uh, he killed his wife. They had a fight or whatever in Buffalo, New York. He beheaded her. Crazy, crazy, crazy. If parents are old, do we avoid nasiha? Old or young, avoid nasiha. Old or young. Shuraim and Sudeys? Shuraim, yeah, yeah, I like them, but because their aqidah is so, they're so talked so much about it, it turns me off from it. Sudais is like a complete, in the pocket of Al Saud, it's unbelievable. Was,
1: SubhanAllah, we were praying tarweed behind them? Yeah. And Sheikh Barah laughed. <laughs> yeah. Sheikh Barah starts laughing. And he says, it was two different nights. He said, one night... He did isterrata in the Dora. Yeah. And then in the second night, he re- he recited some poetry from Imam al-Hadda. SubhanAllah.
0: Imam
1: al-Hadda. SubhanAllah. <laughs> in the, the witar
0: uh, Dora. SubhanAllah. Yeah. So he's taking like, his
1: closet to me. Ajeeb. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he recited Imam al-Hadda in the, the witar Dora.
0: SubhanAllah. They <laughs> yeah. they nab the lines that they like. Yeah. Uh, Ar-Ratib. What is Ar-Ratib? If you're... right, do you have access to make comments on Instagram? Yeah. backslash yeah. lowercase wird W-I-R-D Okay. Safinasadi.org backslash lowercase w- forward slash as the guy corrected me before. Wird. Okay. Uh, you will find the ratib there. Muhammad Tore Sheikh Muhammad Hadi Torey, he's the reciter now, by the way. To me... He's right up there. The Umrah, the dates for the Umrah is December 23rd. Four days Medina, four days Mecca. Sheikh Nourayn, of course, is top tier Sudanese style of recitation. And of course, he passed away. Allah Ta'ala, uh, give him Jannatid for without hisab. Abdul Rashid is Sufi, yes. And he has an amazing recitation on the Qira'ah of Hamza. Question, did you watch the Eagles game? Wait, Eagles played the Patriots? Huh? Who played the Eagles? I don't know. I don't, no, no, the Eagles didn't. I didn't watch the Eagles. I never watched the Eagles because their color is so drab. It's depressing. Their uniforms and their color is so drab. It's completely depressing. Huh? I th- I'm probably going to youth night. Yeah, and they're going to the Yankee game. Yeah, yeah. No, what's going on with Aaron Judge? No way. Could you imagine if we're there and he does it? So we only got two days left. So today's t- Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So he can break it Wednesday and Thursday. If he doesn't, that'd be insane. That would be insane. Okay. So, um. Yeah, so we we taking the youth out to the Yankee game this year. Th- uh, tomorrow, let me get you on that right now. Let's let's sneak Ryan. Saudi Arabia does have an idol now in the middle of the desert believe that someone's commenting here it's true it's true Dr. Saab which wazifa I'm a Saab by the way works better for any haja or desire go into the middle of the night make your dua every night in the middle of the night or the last third of the night which in the winter time is very generous timings and also recite much salah on the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam all day all day no don't stop keep going okay uh someone is saying what's the price of the land package just like um it's 15 600 bucks Hausa film says, are the Hausa Madikiyya, yes, all the Nigerians and all of West Africa is Madikiyya, with minor exceptions here and there, minor exceptions. Should I try to follow that method? If it's a, if it's a methodology you believe in, remember, the ijtihad of the common Muslim, the scholarly effort of the common Muslim is to examine the paths of religion that are there, and the imams of Ahl-Sunnah and see who is most worthy of following. You really should do that. And the common Muslim does not mean he's dumb. It just means he's not trained in Islam. He could be a neurosurgeon and a common Muslim, right? He could be a neurosurgeon. He could be a lawyer. But he just is not trained in Islamic law. So, you should sit and study the imams and their methodology. Because once you adopt a methodology, you stick with it. The... Incorrect and misguided way of many people and many Islamic, modern Islamic groups is that they choose the results and they cook a methodology backwards. It's that simple. Islamic modernist groups, no madhab groups, chains or baraka groups, these people, they pick a result that they want, then they work backwards to a methodology. So you end up with Chaos, methodological chaos, unpredictability. The only thing that you could predict is if you know what they want, you know that they're going to pick that ruling and work their way backwards. What is the way of ulama of Ahl Sunnah? Pick a methodology, stick with it, teach it to your family. It comes in a manual, you get a manual like a a fiqh book for us, Aqrab al Masadiq, Sidi Ahmad al Dardir. That's the law in this household. That's it. Okay? That's it unless it's impossible to live upon, act upon, then we go somewhere else. Okay? And it could happen. That the ruling, the way it is in our madhhab, is not, is something, like, we end up cannot do it for some reason or other. What's an example? For example, a shafi, but his mom, he lives in his mom's house, and his mom has five dogs. The najasa is not going to work. The najasa issue of that. Hanafis, Shafis, and Humbadis, they're gonna to have to use the Maddi ruling on dog saliva. That's the right way to do this. Okay. Sun Sun Madic says, What's the best du'a when you wake up with heaviness in your chest or a sinking feeling in your stomach? To be quite honest with you, l- listen to beautifully, beautiful and melodious. Nasheeds that remind you of Allah t. T. And bring a, beautiful, and a soothing uh, Feeling to your heart Try that um, Try that and see if it soothes you uh, Allahu alam Why this happens to some people Sometimes you wake up Your mind says There's nothing wrong But your heart just It's just sunk It's just something's wrong Who knows why that happens Okay, but try to listen to something soothing that reminds you of Allah's mercy and optimism. Okay. You understand now how the hubs work? Okay. Sister XYLO07, like James Bond over here. Will you do any more live videos with YQ? I have no problem with it. He's just so easy to get along with, to be quite honest with you. And um, in terms of, he's so easy to talk to. He's very polite. He loves the, commu- the Ummah. He loves the Muslims. And yes, I wouldn't mind doing a live stream. And as he said in the live, that last live stream, like we get along real well, except when we talk aqeedah, Then we don't agree on my many things, as he had said. And I'm sure that was like, many people wonder about that. But I can get along with someone as long as they're, Issues in aqidah are not uh, contradicting a qat'i verse, which that would put someone into a complete bidah. <sighs> is Quran plus auto tune? No, this is not a joke. Now, no, uh-uh. I don't. I don't see how that's allowed. And Allah knows best. Emirates are Madikia, yes. How weighty is the opinion in the Ma'arikim Method regarding keeping dogs as pets? Haram. Haram. No. You can't keep a dog in your house as a pet. You can keep a dog on your property as a shepherd. If you're a nomad, you can keep dogs with you for protection. All of those, we can have dogs. The nomads and the Bedouins and the farmers, their relationship with dogs is functional and it's so functional, so much so that the dog, they live differently, so they have different rules. The dog may be in and out of everyone's home. If you ever seen what these farms are like, so I'll explain to you the farm uh, in, 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 um, in Egypt, what it's like. It's a row of homes. The homes are literally right next to each other. And there is a massive farm out in front of the homes. So there's a little, mine, a little road. Okay? And then right away, there's farms. And then there's, the farm is by a path. It's paths because there's irrigation water going all over the place. Okay. When I looked at the way they live, the doors of the homes are open all day long. It's a way to get cool breezes in and out. Animals are moving around every year. It's so unlike the city and the suburban life where everything's tucked into a, a, a fence and a box. No, there's animals everywhere. Who knows who's what animal? They know. Oh, that's my goat over there. Oh, I got to get that cow at the end of the day. A chicken could be anywhere at any given time. Running around. Okay. Likewise, the dog that's a shepherd, that dog's coming in and out. What al-Hajj was in the Bedouin, and it is said about him, he had a, a, a guard dog that was all around. And that dog would come sit right next to him and he would feed it from his food in the house. So the dog is in and out of the house not as a pet that lives in the house but as a shepherd or what have you. So the farmlands have their own rules in the Sharia and the nomads have their own rules in the Sharia. So don't take them as an example. But if you go to Risalat Ibn Abi Zayd Al-Qayrawani at the end of it, he makes it very clear. And this is the ruling for the city folk. It's haram to have a dog. Because the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi when he lived in the city of Medina, Sayyidina Jibreel said to him, I'm going to come to you tomorrow. He didn't come. Then the Prophet went out and found him, waiting outside the house. He said, you said, you're going to come to visit me in my house. He said, yes, but you have a dog in there. So he went and found a puppy had snuck under the Prophet's bed. And he said, they don't like to enter with dogs. Do you like to enter a room with a um, with a, a, a millipede? Do you want to enter a room with a big millipede this big? Do you want to enter a room with a snake in it? Do you want to enter a room with cockroaches in it? No. Why? There's no logical reason. We just don't like it. That's it. There's no logic behind this. We're created to hate them. That's why we call them pests. And we're allowed to kill them. Likewise, malayka do not... They're offended by the filthy nature of the dog. So they won't come in. And that's why it's haram for us not to, to have one as a pet in the house.
1: Uh, I remember when we were in Spain. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like, kind of off topic, but it was yeah. funny. Like, we were really trying to slaughter. And we were like, deep down in the like countryside of Spain at the south part. So we found this one guy. Um... And so me and Sohaib went, and you know, Sohaib's like kind of like, he's a clean guy, and he's like, you know, he's not very like uh, dirty and everything. So we go deep out into the country to this guy's farm, and we thought, because they didn't speak English, I barely speak any Spanish. So like, I thought, I communicated clearly with them, we're going to go slaughter right now. But we go there, because it's, it's the day of Eid, and we go, or it's the night before Eid or something, I forget what it was, but we go to his farm. And when we, right when we get there, we drove for, like, 40 minutes, and we're like, wait, um, it's about to be sundown. Like, we're not, we are not can't slaughter. We got to get 10 minutes before murder. Yeah. So we end up going with this guy on his farm and basically, like, looking at all of his goats. And then somehow one thing led to another. Now we're, like, out grazing with his goats. Oh, my right. God. We walked out to his farm. There's this family from, like, Morocco, so one of his girls spoke English. So we're talking to them, and, like, we are just living... This guy's life just for like an hour, two yeah. hours, and it's crazy because, like, he just goes out in the farm and just observes all these goats. Mm-hmm. They just run around in circles and eat food, and he, like, makes these noises and they follow him. Yeah. It's like a, he, he's basically like a shepherd. And yeah. Stuff. And we, p- we prayed on, on their uh, grass thing and everything. It was a very, very interesting experience. Uh, yeah, the,
0: the, it seemed to me that the farm life is so disorganized, but to them, they know what's going on. Like, to me, it's like, wait, if I'm going to have goats, am I going to put them in a box, right? Because what if they go somewhere else, right? No, these goats, they, they have a way to let them roam free, but bring them back. Uh, same thing when I was in Turkey. I was taking a walk in Turkey on a mountain on one of these educational tours that I was uh, invited to one time. And there was a cow just walking right by, right? And they're like, oh, no, no, that's okay. It's for that guy. Right? And then there was a dog. I was like, oh, a stray dog. It's not a stray dog. It's a shepherd for the guy. And the guy's farm is far away. Like, you could see it far away. But these animals roam far, and somehow they manage to manage it. So that's how the farmland works. So it's totally different for us. Uh, someone asked, can I have a cat? Yes. Cats are clean, and the Prophet ﷺ saw the Sahaba having cats, and he approved of it because they're clean. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to stop. Okay, we must stop here. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Nashhadu in la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruk wa natubu ilayk. Walasr. asr. Inna al insana lafih khusr. Illa alathina amanu wa al assalihaat. Watawasawu bil haqq. Watawasawu bil sabr. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi barakatuh.